0: This is George G. And the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, Strong and Powerful, Dennis Skinner. Dennis, are you ready to do this?
1: George, I am ready to do this. I'm so impressed with what you
0: have created with this podcast. I'm just thrilled to be a part of it. Well, thank you, sir. Let's go. Dennis is a facilitator, a coach, and a trainer with Many to One. He is a speaker. He's helping organizations solve problems, experience, engineer better processes, map out strategies, and design effective organizations. Dennis, excited to have you on. Tell us a little bit about your personal lives, more about your work, why you do what you do. Thanks, George.
1: Yeah, you said it. I am a professional group facilitator. That's how I identify um my mom always complains that it's difficult to explain to her friends what I do because I've tried and uh it's a little complicated but let me let me start with um the problems that I help organizations solve um you know teams organizations companies every now and then encounter challenges just gnarly it's just multi-layered uh transcends the normal day-to-day the answer isn't obvious the stakes are high. People don't always agree on how to solve the problem. Um, there's a chance that emotions will run high. And these are things like, you know, our competition's nipping in our heels. We need to figure out a strategy to win. Our employees are complaining about their experience at our company. Maybe our customers are are complaining about their experience with our products and services. Um, Maybe we need to reorganize. Maybe we are merging with another company. Maybe our leadership team isn't getting along. You know, the list goes on and on. But again, the common elements are... There is not an obvious answer and people may not play well together in trying to come up with um, with a response to the challenge. And usually these things don't end well if people try to solve them on their own. Um, And so that's where a professional facilitator comes in. That's where the work I do comes in. Somebody who can bring structure to the process of answering these kind of difficult questions. Somebody who can bring a process. Um, somebody who can draw the best thinking out of a group, help groups kind of avoid the hardwired biases that we tend to bring to these kinds of discussions, especially somebody who can help people navigate disagreement so they can get to the other side of it with an agreement everybody feels good about and can be committed to. Um, And then really finally, somebody who is deft at the art of group dynamics and just helping people talk to each other in a way that's constructive, where everyone's voice gets heard, um, whereas dysfunctions arise, they can be navigated and, and sort of calmed down so that people get to a decision that they all feel good about. And that's what I've been doing for 23 years. I did that for six years at Intel at the end of a 23 year career there um, before deciding to launch my own practice um, about 17 years ago. And I've been doing that for companies of all sizes, uh, Fortune 100s, Intel, Comcast, Nike, HP, uh, Capital One, all the way down to mom and pops and a dozen or so uh, uh, nonprofits. Um, I work with uh, I've worked with dairy farms and lumber mills and uh, an international society of neurosurgeons. Um, so uh, the list is the list is broad. Um but the commonality is there's a a really challenging problem to solve that they can't do on their own. So that's what I do. I love it. Wherever there's people. Pretty much. In fact, people have asked me like, what's what, how are the other groups you work with like, or not like ours? People are always like wanting to know how they stack up. And I'm like, they're all the same because they're all people. People are people. (laughs) And it's our wiring that leads us to need to have somebody to kind of help us get through these things. It's messy. Absolutely. Absolutely. And these these kinds of problems are messier than most,
0: right? When you say wiring, what is that? What do you mean?
1: Yeah. Well, you know, there are these circuits in our brain that were laid down in us as a species in the savannah where we needed to like protect ourselves from tigers hiding behind a bush and and leaves would rattle and we would immediately be like uh, my life is in danger i need to run or i need to fight and those wires no longer serve us because we're not often faced with tigers behind bushes but we are faced with other things that show up as a threat, like somebody just said something about my performance or somebody just questioned my uh, organism, my team's um, uh, ability to do what they said they're going to do. And so that feels like a threat. And we go into fight or flight mode and we don't show up in ways that are constructive. We get defensive and, uh, you know, we we literally go into into attack mode. Rather than realizing, no, that's not really a threat. Actually, this is a problem that we need to solve together. Um, and there's other wiring. You know, if you if you Google cognitive biases, you'll find a Wikipedia page that lists them. And there's like 150 to 200 of these things that are literally brain wires that get in the way of our ability to show up in ways that are productive. One example of which is optimism bias. And people always think things are going to go better than they really are going to go, which is why every project probably in the history of mankind has been over budget and, uh, you know, and late. (laughs) And so that's an example where a group facilitator can hold up a mirror and say, well, maybe we should be thinking not only about the best case scenario, but let's paint a picture of the worst case. And maybe something in between and see we can generate a plan that will mitigate the risks that are going to get in the way of that worst case plan even though i get it we think it's going to go well but maybe it might not so let's talk about that right
0: yeah i think that that makes a lot of sense and I, i i still do i still feel like it's a personal affront when somebody is tailgating me or it's traffic or professionally it was really bad when i was in my 20s you know um yeah. and so i I totally identify with everything you just said and i can see that part of organizations where the battle lines get drawn and that guy's a jerk and that gal's a another jerk and everything else um and it gets really messy and I still have a, a pretty good chip on my shoulder, which I'm working to, I guess, make smaller. You seem, Dennis, in in just the couple of interactions that I had with you to be this amazingly positive, easy to talk to person who is extremely well designed for this kind of work that you're doing. Do you want to pull your hair out and smack people around or is this so so are are you fighting those impulses that we other humans have or have are 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 you floating above them? I would love to say I'm floating above (laughs) them. I would love to say I'm a, a
1: hundred percent evolved as a human being. But of course not, of course not, because I am still a human being and will be until I draw my last breath. But uh, but I have you know, I have found ways to um, be in tune with and in in if not control of at least managing my emotions when my job is to help other people do that for themselves and with each other. Um, but it, on some days it's easier than others and with some groups, it's easier than others. Um, but it is definitely something I've had to learn how to pay attention to, especially in the heat of the moment. Um, the big one for me is defensiveness. Like I'll be in front of a room and someone will ask a question like, well, why are we doing that? I'll be like, I'll launch an activity. They'll be like, well, why are we doing this? And my, you know, my inner, my inner response is, well, because I said so and because you hired me, because I'm the expert and because I've been doing this 20 years longer than you have. And maybe if you knew, you wouldn't have had to have me in the room. And, you know, but but the, the, when I can manage that, I can ask myself, well, what might be the reason they asked that question? Maybe my instructions weren't clear. Maybe uh, maybe actually there is a different way to do this. And if I asked a question, they could help me see a different path that's maybe even better than mine. Right. So. I don't know. For me, the, the the secret tool for those moments has been curiosity. If I can ask a question, I can stop those voices in my head that say I'm right and they're wrong. Why did that person cut me off in the grocery store parking lot and take that space that I was going to take with my turn signal on? Is it because they're a jerk or is it because maybe they just found out that they're Mother has cancer and they're a little distracted or maybe they're in a hurry because they got to pick up their kid at school and the kid's going to be by themselves if they don't get there in five minutes. So maybe they actually deserve the parking spot more than I do.
0: You know, the curiosity helps to sort of um, paint a different picture. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that makes a lot of sense. Recognizing that just because I'm experiencing this initial emotion of, fight or flight doesn't mean that I need to honor that and act upon it. I can go ahead and let it wash over me and and then make a, a more reasoned level headed decision about how to that's exactly move forward.
1: right. That's exactly right. There's a, there's a leadership guru named Jennifer Garvey Berger, B E R G E R who I had the privilege of working with on a uh, together with a client on an engagement. And one of the things she says is you should always, and I've really cleaved to this. You should always carry three stories. There's the one that popped into your mind. And then there's probably two others. And if you just force yourself to stop and say, well, what might be two other stories for what's going on here? You might find your way to something that's closer to reality. And
0: I just love that. Yeah. I think that that's super powerful. So it's not your job, or maybe it is. I, I assume that it's not your job to go in and fix everybody's wiring during your engagement. You you're, you don't have the tools, nor the time. You probably do have the tools, but you don't have the time mm-hmm. to be able to do that. And you are going to be encountering wounds that have been festering and, and, and egos and problems that have been there for some time. And what what is what is the goal oftentimes?
1: Yeah, I mean, really, the goal is whatever the the gnarly problem is that led people to say, and this is one of my favorite things to hear. We just need to get Dennis. Let's get Dennis because we just don't know how to approach this. So the problem, the, the the goal of the of the group is the thing that I keep bringing people back to, and it's almost like you know, if you're a meditator, which by the way is another great way to learn how to take command of our emotions, but the meditators uh tool is to just keep returning to the breath oh my thoughts were wandering all right that's okay don't judge yourself just come back to your breath and i find that coming back to the goal of the group is the thing that is um, most helpful like we're here because the employees are saying they don't like working for our company let's just keep coming back to the Well, what would the employees say What's what's the employee's experience right now? Let's bring it back to that, because that's the thing that we all we know we all agree on. It's what brought us all into the room so we could disagree about how we can disagree about why um, they're not having a great experience. But we know we agree that they're not having a good experience and we need to solve that together. That's the breath we keep returning to. If that makes sense.
0: It does. It does. Do you try and host people in a neutral site or do you go to their office their locations what's 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 Uh, optimal
1: i love this question because the question behind the question i think is how important is the environment to group collaboration with a facilitator and i think it's absolutely critical um so yeah if i can get people into a neutral area, especially like, you know, we call these things corporate off sites for a reason, because typically they're, they're done offsite. And if we could do it offsite, that's great. We're in a different building. If we can't go offsite, a different building than the one people work in, just because we get anchored to visual cues. Right. Um, and, um, And also, once we're in the room, let's make sure we have a room that's big enough that we can move around and have activities where we're on our feet and maybe break into small groups that are in different corners of the room, working on something that we'll bring back to the middle of the room, Um, you know, and have the right um, sort of even something as simple as how are the chairs and tables arranged You know if it's in a big u shape like a lot of conference rooms are it just already has people in a sort of protected us versus them like you're on your side of that table on that side of the room and i'm on my side of this table you only see me from the from the you know shoulders up and there's this big chasm of space between me and you. And we're really not a group, right? So I'd much rather like fill that in and have a square or a round um, or even have people at round tables where we can have activities going on. But, you know, where we are and how the room is set up is absolutely critical. And of course, this is a challenge we've dealt with during the pandemic. And we're still dealing with, with virtual workshops, like how do we create an environment where we're all on zoom or teams that is as conducive as possible to good group collaboration. Um, that's been a challenge also.
0: Yeah. Or just get rid of all the tables and chairs and throw a bunch of fun noodles in there and just check, kind of let it go or pillows or something
1: yeah you're joking but um honestly that's that's a great modality like i i had a group once where the challenge was our team isn't getting along and there was there were trust issues and we needed to work through those before we could get to a place where we talked about things as mechanical as like how often should we meet and what kinds of you know things like that and uh i ended up having it was off-site luckily at a hotel and i ended up having the hotel bring in just a bunch of comfy furniture And it was set up in sort of a modicum of a U-shape, but there were, you know, love seats and big over overstuffed um, chairs. And it helped a lot for people to sort of just feel like we're just in the living room together, not at some boardroom. So, yeah. um, Yeah.
0: Is there such a thing as a stupid question?
1: uh no my joke is always there's no such thing as a stupid question only stupid people who ask them but which i'm of course just being playful because no there is no such thing as a stupid question and there's no such thing as a stupid person like always 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 there's a kernel there's a kernel in even the thing that may seem like the most um you know mundane or or uh you know or stupid question no no such thing
0: all right I don't know,
1: Dennis. Oh, the only stupid question, George, is, is there such a thing as a stupid question? Just kidding. Just kidding. There isn't.
0: <laughs> I like it. So um, in terms of of the wiring and in terms of, I, I guess, if if you were to empower an organization to, before they bring you in, have you tried this before before you bring me in before we do an offsite have you tried this is is there something that that you would recommend
1: um honestly by the time people ask me usually they've tried everything <laughs> so so i i feel like um There are very few complicated problems that wouldn't benefit from having. And of course, I'm biased. This is what I do for a living. And it's also if they didn't pay me, I would still do it, which is my dirty secret. I would only tell you and however many hundred people are listening to this. Right. But uh, but I really feel like everyone can benefit from a facilitator. Um, if for no other reason than the fact that it allows the person that would have led the meeting to be relieved of those pretty weighty responsibilities, take a lot of cognitive load, that they can then instead train on participating and being a part, you know, having their ideas being inserted into the mix um, and just being able to not have to be that objective third party. So, um I think there are things people can think about doing before they come to a session like this and i do teach classes on emotional intelligence and the ability to monitor and take command of your emotions and and also um i i give classes on crucial conversations and how to have a have a conversation with somebody where you know your opinions differ and your emotions are high in a way that it can actually be pleasant and you can get to the other side Feeling more connected with that person versus less and having come to a mutually agreeable solution, even though you came into it going, there's no way we're ever going to figure this out. So having those kinds of um, skills and muscle building before you come into a conversation where everyone's in a room with the with the hotly contested issue in front of them, those can be really helpful, I think. I love it. Um and the, there's great work by uh Daniel Goleman wrote the book on emotional intelligence if people are interested in that that's a great read. Um and then Carrie Patterson wrote the book Crucial Conversations. Carrie Patterson et al. Um, but he's the first name and uh just some really great great reading that you can do to to uh to build some of that muscle.
0: Beautiful. Well Dennis, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you? How can they engage
1: yeah. I mean, um, my website is m-t-o-facilitators.com. M T O, uh, facilitators.com Amazon, Mary Thomas Omega mtofacilitators.com. They can uh, email me at Dennis at mtofacilitators.com. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. Reach out to me there. Uh, I would love to chat with people, whether they need a facilitator or whether they are facilitators, just want to talk shop with uh with
0: a, a peer. I, I love that. Excellent. Well, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Dennis, your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to M T O as in many to one facilitators.com. Check out the great resources, get in touch with Dennis and, uh, finally move on from those problems that have been weighing you and your organization down. Thanks good Dennis.
1: Thank you, George. It was fun.
0: And until next time, remember, do your part by doing your best.